Thanks for joining us at White Oak for this week's podcast. As we look at how God's servants applied that confidence in their walk with him. Our prayer is that this will encourage and strengthen your walk. So here we go. Good morning. Isaiah 55, 8 through 11 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways, says Adonai. As high as the sky is above the earth, are my way higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For just as rain and snow fall from the sky and do not return there, but water the earth, causing it to bud and produce, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me unfulfilled, but it will accomplish what I intend and cause to succeed what I sent it to do. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word and we thank you for the purpose you have for each and every one of our lives. You know, we ask that you reveal your word to us this morning, you know, so that we can instruct us, Lord, guide us, lead us into the perfect will you have for each and every one of us. We ask all these things in your son's name. Amen. Good morning. We'd like to thank each and every one of us for, for joining, each and every one of you for joining us this morning. The ones viewing from home, we thank you for choosing us to worship with this morning. Um, we're in part two of Reality of Light, the correct guidance and perfect will he has for each and every one of our lives. Um, Paul was writing in the fifth chapter of, of Ephesians, a concept that is very familiar through the Bible. Last week we looked at 1 John, being children of light. Well, Paul is going to pretty much reference the exact same thing. Well, throughout the Bible, this, this concept is, is prevalent, let's say. You know, light, good, darkness, bad, you know, it's... It's kind of an elementary concept, let's say, from face value on the Bible. But as we looked at last week, if we go to Genesis, the first chapter, 127, we find out that there's a certain image we're created in this morning. You know, and we find out that, that God created. He, 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 looked, at, he looked, at, looked at Christ and said, it, let us create man in our image. You know, so right from the very, in the very beginning of the Bible, we, we, we kind of experience a tall order in our lives. We, we, find a, we, we find a connection with Almighty God, and we find a love with Almighty God to where he wanted a relationship. You know, well, throughout the Bible, well, truthfully, not too far into the Bible, though, we find out that there's an issue. If we go back to Isaiah this morning, if we go to the... If, if we go to verse 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways. My ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So, so we begin to have an issue, because if, if we understand Genesis 1, 27, and this 31, God was very pleased with this creation. He was pleased with what he has done. He now has an intimate relationship with humankind, with mankind. He loved us. Well, we don't have to read very far into Genesis this morning to, in, until we find out that there's an issue. Well, let's be honest. At the very beginning of Isaiah 55, the, the eighth verse this morning, we find out that, that there's going to be some guidance needed also this morning, right? When, we, when, when God is speaking to his servant Isaiah and, and, and he's relaying this message, and it's about a comprehension of what Almighty God wants. But if we understand, if we keep reading in verse 11 this morning, so my word that goes from my mouth, it will not be returned to me unfulfilled, but it will accomplish what I intend and cause to succeed what I sent it to do. So 
There's a relationship that is extended this morning for each and every one of us. This has always been part of God's plan. If we go to Ephesians, the 10th chapter this morning, Paul is going to put something else into perspective for us. Ephesians 2.10 says, We have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. So, creation, free will, recreation. It's, got, it's put in perspective this morning how God wanted a relationship with humanity. He put a, a part of himself in humanity. He reached out to, a man, to humanity, created a beautiful garden for humanity where they could walk together in perfect peace. If we read on in Isaiah, as we close this morning, God's going to give us another promise, and he's going to go back to peace because the promise has always been there. However, when we look at creation, free will, and recreation, with the recreation, we find out that something happened in the middle. And when we go to Genesis and read just a little bit farther after creation, we find that, number one, we are in need of a Savior. Number two, we, his thoughts are different than our thoughts, and it's, it's, it's very good that it is because we need some kind of guidance other than ourselves because as humans, sometimes we get curious. As humans, sometimes we, we tend to want to go our own direction. I'm going to reference what my father did Wednesday night because he did a really good job under explain, uh, explaining this issue that we have sometimes this morning with why that just happens. And Paul, I believe, because I've said it myself a couple times in weeks before, has a really good way of, of putting in perspective the flesh issue. You know, but as humans, it doesn't take us too far if we open the very beginning of the Bible when we begin to read God created the heavens and the earth and he goes on to create humanity he puts a part of himself in humanity he longs for there to be a relationship and then we see humanity gets curious humanity has has a good idea humanity wonders and when they do what happens we sin we sound, we find out something else too that the serpent is cunning and you know this it, it, and the perspective is, is that when we take our eyes off God, this is what happens. It's not that when we begin to view the Bible, when we see a parallel between light and darkness, good and bad, good and evil, we say, oh, yeah, I'm familiar with that. Oh, yeah, I'm familiar with that. Well, and also when we begin to read in the letters to the churches in the New Testament, whether it's Peter or Paul, John, there's a reason why this subject keeps coming up. Because as elementary as it may seem, that we have a God that loves us. We have a God that sent a Savior for us. That, that Eve was curious and she ate the apple. The serpent, the serpent fed on her confusion. And he stood right there and confused her. But we, we need not to be misunderstood about one thing that it says in Genesis. Is that he was cunning. He knows. And just as in Ephesians 2.10, as Paul wrote the church of Ephesus. And he's reminding us this morning that God has a plan for each one of our lives. We have become his poetry, a recreated people, so that there is a promise. Because if we understand what happens after the fall, and we understand what, what is leading up to in the New Testament, God is preparing. God is preparing to send a sacrifice. Paul tells the church at Ephesus, God has chosen this particular moment in history to reveal his son. 
You know, so if we begin to understand the need that humanity needs, the need, the need that each and every one of us need this morning, we have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. Why? For we are joined to Christ Jesus, the anointed one, as a body. We are all joined together by that belief. We have been recreated. Yes, we have had issues. Yes, there have been moments when we were confused and we might have made mistakes. However, even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. So, with creation, with our free will, kind of had an issue and messed that up, and then recreate it. So, God this morning has sent us salvation. But understanding the concept of light, understanding the reality of light, what Paul wants us to understand this morning, even what Jesus Christ wanted his disciples to understand. Number one, the heavenly kingdom does not operate like an earthly kingdom. Number two, the reality of light is not just for our benefit. You know, my father said the same thing I said a couple weeks ago about how, how the Jews, I think he said it Wednesday night actually, of how the Jews expected Jesus to ride in on a white horse and he was going to be their savior. Well, let's be honest. Right when Jesus told his disciples in the very beginning of Acts when the church was about to be born, they said, Lord, since you're now going to send your spirit, does that mean that we're going to rule? What did Jesus, Jesus t tells them one thing. Only Father knows the time. But see, when we look at the reality of light, and it's not just for our benefit, a reality of light, and we go back to Ephesians 2.10 this morning, how, how in that new creation, God has planned things for his children. And they're not just for our benefit. We're going to look at a little bit this morning about bearing fruit. It's not the first time we've looked at it either. And, and, and what we're going to find is, as as, as we begin to look at our guided path and we, and we begin to look at the reality of our new life, one thing, a couple things are going to keep coming up. A close relationship to God. You can put the Spirit in all capital letters because in order for this to work, we have to be obedient to His voice because He teaches us, comforts us, guides us, directs us. It's not going to work without Him. And we've got to bear fruit also. Our life should be an example our life should be lived in service to Christ. Why? Because if we go all the way back to Genesis, we find a reason. Because God didn't give up. God knew. If we understand what Paul's writing at the other spectrum of the Bible, this, after, after Christ comes, a recreation, you know, that carries us all the way back to Genesis this morning, and we begin to see the progression through the Old Testament, how God was planning to send a Savior for each and every one of us this morning. We all can be that new creature joined in Christ Jesus is what Paul's saying. And we begin to lump this in this morning and look at the big picture and we begin to understand what God is trying to tell us this morning as a body. If we're all joined in Christ Jesus, number one, we might not all get along. We might all have different opinions. You know, and, and, and they, might not, they might not flow perfectly. You know, but, but the concept is, if we are a new creature and we are joined in Christ Jesus, Jesus is going to tell his disciples one thing. His, his, his parting, his leaving command after he, after he tells them to bear fruit. And what is that in John? Love one another. You know, so if we're joined 
through the love of Christ Jesus, if we are led by his spirit, we should be able to understand one thing, love. And if we understand love, we go all the way back to one of the, to one of the most memorized Bible verses in the whole Bible, John 3, 16. For, John, for God so loved the world that what? He sent his only son. John 17, God sent his son not to condemn the world, but through him the world might be saved. So understanding creation, the fall, recreation. We should, it, it should, it should strike a chord inside each and every one of us this morning on the preparation of what God has done for each and every one of us. And going back to how the Jews did not accept Jesus because he didn't ride in on a white horse, just for a moment, maybe just imagine that Jesus did ride on a white horse. Maybe he took Jerusalem by storm, cleaned house, all the people that were false. He took, he took the disciples, which we know that none of them were perfect. But as the Bible reveals, as we read the gospel, one, one of them was dirty. He had, a, he had ulterior motives. But let's just say he took, he took 12 of them and they helped him rule. And we had to obey. We had to do every little thing or there would be consequences. See, what God is trying to show each and every one of us this morning and what, and what God wants us to understand of being children, of being a creation of the almighty God who we, going back to Isaiah, we cannot understand his thoughts. We cannot comprehend his ways. He, David says he's seated higher than the heavens. We, we can't even comprehend where he resides is how that translates out. But yet, he wants an intimate relationship with his creation. But in viewing that this morning and understanding what, what God was trying to extend, what God was trying to give each and every one of us this morning, what, God, what Jesus was telling his disciples about the heavenly kingdom realm, is that he wants us to understand what true love is. He wants us to understand that God loved us so much. And that's what Paul wants us to understand this morning too about our salvation. Is that, number one, we can never do enough. Now, that is very prevalent in the majority of Paul's writings, especially Romans and Ephesians. There's, we can never do enough to earn our salvation. But yet, we should want to. We go to James. We're very familiar with James. And I really feel there's been a debate between James and Romans. And it's just because you take it the wrong way. But if you put both of them together, we truly find what Jesus was telling his disciples about bearing fruit when he was in that vineyard. If we truly love the Lord, if we truly appreciate our salvation, if we understand what happened because we had free will, and in that moment we didn't have direct communication with our Father, then we appreciate our salvation and we maintain that communication this morning. We maintain that relationship, and what comes out of that is is that not only a successful life, yes, you know what, sometimes there, there, there might be mistakes. God knows we're not, you know, God knows we're not perfect. We're going to look at Peter again this morning. We do find one thing with Peter, though, is that, number one, he was guided by the Spirit. And number two, he went on to do some amazing things for Jesus Christ. 
But Peter had issues just like we had sometimes. Just like Paul says the first, the first, two, the first two humans had. You know, and when we, when we begin to, to view our walk, when we begin to view our life as an obedient sacrifice to Christ, as we begin to allow that illumination, because we, we have to understand, we, we have to be mindful, we have to be listening. We, we have to allow him to place us. Because see, what God wants us to do, God wants us to realize this morning what he, his plans he has for us. You know, there, there has to be, we have to allow him to move us, to position himself. Yes, you know, sometimes God intervenes. But if we truly understand about what Isaiah says this morning, the 11th chapter, and, he, and we look at that spiritually in our life, and God says the same is true with my word. It returns to him, but what we need to understand about that is in the process it causes spiritual growth for us. You know, so in our submittal to his, to his guidance and our perfect will for our life, we have to understand this, mor- this, this, this morning that he wants us to share in that joy, in that relationship, that plan he has. You know, that relationship is still there. You know, one, one important thing that we don't need to forget in Genesis is that after Adam and Eve sinned, God came down and he searched for his creation. You know, so without a shadow of a doubt, it's up to us this morning. He loves each and every one of us. Now, Romans, the seventh chapter, if you probably caught 20 minutes of the last 20 minutes of, of my dad's lesson on Wednesday night, he did a very good job explaining this. He also did a very good job explaining why light and darkness comes up in the Bible, guidance comes up in the Bible, God's will versus our will. The same thing when we go to creation, free will, recreation. Same reason when we look at in Isaiah where it says, my ways, you will not understand my ways. You will not understand my thoughts. Well, we know we're going to have some issues. Or we're going to, we know we're going to need some help from the very beginning right there. Romans 7, through 23 is Paul is going to enlighten us. And he does an awesome job explaining this. And I'm just going to read two verses of this this morning. And my father's point was Wednesday night is when we're only thinking about our will. You could use the word selfishness probably to tie all that in together, regardless of whether we realize it or not. When we're worried about our will and we're not concerned with his perfect will, that's when we begin to have issues. But Paul this morning is going to shed some light on this for us in just these two verses, and he is going to bring up a very, very good point that we might not think of. Maybe when we're in that position like Eve did when she knew she wasn't supposed to eat, but she was just curious. Romans 7, to 7, 23, Paul says, Truly, deeply within my true identity, I love to do what pleases God. Who don't? If we love him. But I discern another power operating in my humanity. I discern another power operating in my humanity, waging a war against the moral principles of my conscience and bringing me into captivity as a prisoner to the law of sin. This unwelcome intruder is in my humanity. Now, Paul goes on to say, the next verse, it is an agonizing situation. It is difficult and it's painful. But he brings up two points this morning. First of all, 
We need to pay attention to one word where it says, but I discern another power operating in humanity. You're not going to, to be correct, we're not going to get the spirit out of this. Jesus told his disciples he was, they needed him. He was sending them to him to bring back to remembrance all these things. So Paul says, but I discern another power operating in my humanity. So right off the bat, Paul tells us is, there's an issue, but you're going to need him to help you to realize that something's waging a war. That sin, sin is prevalent. You know, don't, there don't need to be any misunderstanding about that. However, when it sneaks in, because it's an unwelcome intruder in my humanity, because you know what? I love God. I know he has a plan for my life. I understand all this, and I want to walk. Well, the fact of the matter is, if we are walking by illumination, if we're walking in that new reality of light, what Paul is telling us this morning is we need to stay in that new reality. It has to be a relationship. We have to welcome him. We have to allow his position. Yeah, you know what? Sometimes we even have to allow correction because Jesus tells us that the Father corrects his children. Why? Because he loves us. And also he tells us if we go, if we, if we want to talk about producing fruit, that there are times of pruning in our life also. Just because he's pruning us doesn't mean that he's throwing us in the fire. We're reading that verse wrong if we read it like that. You know, he's having to cut us back so we can sprout, so we can grow. Why? The Father is tending to His creation. The Father is aware of His creation's need. He just doesn't throw us out there and leave us. That's what Jesus, when, when Jesus says that the Father is the garden keeper, you know, the Father is, is evident. The Father is prevalent in our life. And He is aware of all that is going on. And He's taking care of each and every one of our needs. He knows which ones of the vines needs to be cut back. He knows what we need in each and every one of our lives. So when Paul writes in Romans 7, 22 and 20, 23, truly deeply within my true identity, I love to do what pleases God. We can take that and go all the way back to, the, to Genesis 1 this morning, in whose image we were created. So Paul says, truly, I want to, truly I understand, Truly, my desire is to serve him, but I discern another power operating in my humanity. And that word discern, by no means, is, was just not put in there to, to fill up space. That is, that is one of the most important words probably in, in, you know, in, in these verses right here that we pay attention to. Paul tells us the other thing is that Christ is the answer. He said it's an agonizing situation. It's difficult and painful. But he also tells us that there is a solution. And when we go to Ephesians this morning, or Ephesians 2.10, where we just left for, he never leaves us without an answer. He just tells us what the answer is and what needs to be done so that we are correct. So th there has to be discernment. There has to be guidance, not ours. Now, it's whether God speaking to Isaiah and Isaiah telling us that, well, you know, I, or whether he's speaking to David, seated high above the heavens, or, or you, you're, you can't comprehend my thoughts, you don't know my ways, and that's fine. We're not going to be able to. What Paul was saying is, if we're having issues, he's coming anyway. Good, bad, he's, he's prevalent. He says he's an unwelcome intruder in my humanity. I want to do good. It's not that, that I just, 
I just live for God, and he never shows up. No, no, no. That's what Paul says if, if we understand is that the Spirit is, I'm allowing the Spirit to work, and he's revealing what's happening because he is unwelcome, and he's going to show up. He's going to be there. So we need to be mindful of this, and it tells us why we need illumination, why we need to stay in that reality of light so we can fulfill God's purpose and not be thrown off track because, as Paul says, he is unwelcome and he, sh- and he is going to show up. You know, and so he's telling us this morning, we need a solution and guidance to understand the Lord's ways. You know, and in our walk, we, we view it as special. You know, when we begin to understand, and that's Paul when we go to Romans this morning, and, and he begins to speak about that unwelcome intruder. He speaks about sin trying to come into our life. You know, I think, I think so many times is that when we get thrown off, thrown off guard when, when as in Genesis the serpent you know kind of fed on Eve's confusion he was there you shall not surely die because he is cunning you know these verses make us aware of a few things this morning is that he's really good at what he does and number two you need to know your adversary knowing him doesn't give him power over us no Paul tells us what needs to be done so that we are aware it needs to be revealed to us by the one person that knows exactly and all of what he is capable of. When Jesus was tempted, what, what, if, if, we, if we read the whole temptation, we find at the very end is finally the devil knew that he could not deceive him. So what did he do? He just gave up. That didn't mean that he wouldn't be back. But see, that, that whole section in the verses this morning is put there for our benefit. Just like Paul in Romans 22 and 23 this morning. So in that solution, whether from Isaiah, whether from Ephesians, when we put it all together, you know, you know there, we're, we're going to need instruction for our ways, our timing, our solution, our guidance, you know, spiritually in our walk. And this is also important this morning is because if we don't pay attention to this, it's what we pray for. You know, when we begin asking the Father for certain things and, we, and we, read, we read in John, Jesus tells them, ask the Father, ask it in his name, and it shall be done, you shall receive. Well, we need to understand that the Father has our perfect will and his perfect will for our life and mine. So when we begin to pray and we, need, when we begin to ask all these certain things, if, if, if we're not even in the same mindset, if we're not even, as the Passion Translation says, if we're not in the, in the same realm, the heavenly, the kingdom realm. You know, we, we can't look at God and say, well, God, you know, I've been praying about this. I don't really think you're listening. You know, are my prayers falling on deaf ears? Well, the facts of the matter is, if we understand just the very tip of this, the beginning of this, this morning, illumination, walking in light, is that whether or not we realize it at the time, our Father's a lot smarter than us. And it's a good thing he has had all this planned out before creation. You know, it's not that just God got up one morning and said, you know what, I think I want to make myself somebody to spend time with. You know, there's a lot of thought and everything planning into each and every one of us. You know, so when we begin to look at where Paul writes about discernment and spiritual guidance, I think it's a fair assumption I think that we need to consider that if God 
just didn't create something because he was God and he thought it would be a cool thing to do. You know, I, I, think, we need to, I think we need to value the concept of that. If he put a lot of planning into making us, how much planning goes in guiding each and every one of us? You know, because if we, if, if we look at it in terms of growth, you know, as an infant, we may cry a lot. We may, we may need somebody, but we're not able to move. We're not able to walk, you know. And as we grow, we can get into more stuff, right? We, we can become a mess. You know, so if we're not guided correctly, if we're not taught correctly, you know, how much, you know, how much time and how much effort has God and resources and just look at the people God has put in each and every one of our lives this morning. That's probably the best example to try and help guide us. You know, maybe our parents, maybe our grandparents, how we grew up, or the people that we just run across. You know, or, or, or saying, oh, God, thank you, I needed that. I needed to hear that today. You know, and we can see his hand in each and every one of his children's life. And if we're not mindful to that, if, if you know, if, if we just, how, how, you know, how, how can we pray to God and we can and say, well, God, are you listening? You know, because if we, un, if, we un, if we understand what he's saying in Isaiah this morning, what would we really think if he did answer us? You know, I think Job is an awesome, an awesome book in the Bible because it's like Job is just sitting there and he's searching himself and he's searching himself and he's searching himself. He's like, literally, I've done nothing wrong. And then God answers Job and what does he tell him? Can you, can, can you even conceive? And Job's like, well, you know what? You're right. You know, so it's like, it's not that God doesn't reveal his plans. It's, it's, it's not that God never wants to share his plans. So many times it's an issue of our position in our life. So many times it's, it's him trying to get us in the right place because we couldn't comprehend what he, want, what he wants for us to do anyway, and he wants to show us so we'll understand it's out of love and mercy for us. So God, I would say God probably on humanity spends the good majority of his time trying to get us in position so we'll realize what he's doing. That's probably a, a, a safe assumption. Out of love, out of mercy. You know, and God does that for each and every one of us. Why? Because if we understand Ephesians 2.10, it's bigger, it's, it's bigger than each and every one of us. You know, God did this, and Paul says we, we are all joined in Christ Jesus. This goes for the body. You know, this is why we should understand the concept of love. This is why we should get along. Because in, in, in each and every one of our lives, there's been that gap. There's been that hole. There's been that issue of position. And you know what? The fact of the matter is that's never going to change because God should be constantly moving and directing us. We should, we should constantly, you know, have, have that discernment. Because the more we do for God, that unwelcome intruder is going to show up. Paul tells us if, if, you know, we need to be mindful of that. Because it's his job to try to stop it. That's what he's done ever since day one. With the, with the very beginning, the first two people God created. John 15, 8. Jesus tells his, tells his disciples one very important thing. And, you know, it goes back to, to to this being just for us or for others, the purpose God has for our life. What, what are we, when Paul writes of a destiny, what are we destined to do? Yeah, we know that we have an eternal reward and we work because one day we're going to go to heaven. But Jesus says if we just view it like that, well, the reason Jesus didn't just ride in on a, on a white horse and just seize, and seize Jerusalem, lock it down, 
put his 12 disciples in power. John 15, 8, Jesus says, when your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify the Father. So how, do we, how can we tell if we're serving God? You know, we read these verses and it says, Lord, you must be pruning me right now. You must be pruning me right now. I'm going to allow it, Lord. I'm going to allow it. Well, we need to pay attention to that light, to that illumination, what the Father is trying to do to move us in position, to get us in the, in the right position this morning. Because, look, it's, it's, it's easy in a moment just to be slid. You know, all, all it really takes is one move. You know, and then the unwelcome intruder. You know, we always say, well, you know, the, the enemy wants to get you. He wants to hold you in that position. You know, and so many times it's because we really do love God. We need to consider the possibility that while we feel guilt sometimes, while we feel shame sometimes, we're like, God, I am so sorry. You know, why there is forgiveness is because we truly understand how much God loves us. We might not can fathom it, but, it, but, in our, but what I'm saying is this morning, through an earthly concept, we're like, we get that there's a relationship. You know, so when we might, when we might be moved out of position, you know, when, when, when we've stepped out of the light a little bit, whatever you want to call it, backslid, you know, we see that the disciples themselves had the moments in their life. But we also see that Jesus restored, well, Peter this morning. Jesus restored Peter. John 16, Jesus, John 15, 16, this morning, Jesus tells his disciples, he goes on that, that same chapter. You didn't choose me, but I've chosen and commissioned you to go into the world to bear fruit. And your fruit will last, because whatever you ask of my Father for my sake, he will give it to you. Verse 17, my parting command, love one another deeply. I want to go to Ephesians this morning, and I want to read our verses real quick. Verses 8 through 14. Once your life was full of sin and darkness, but you have the very light of our Lord shining through you because of your union with him. Your mission is to live as children flooded with his revelation light, and the supernatural fruits of his light will be seen in you. Goodness, righteousness, and truth. Revelation light, supernatural fruits, spirit. Then you will learn to choose what is beautiful to our Lord and don't even associate with them servants of darkness because they have no fruit in them. Instead, reveal truth to them. So he's given us a comparison this morning and he says, you know what? You're going to be able to discern that they're bad, but more importantly, your life should be an example so that there will be a difference. We should be different. The very things that they do in secret are too vile and filthy, filthy to even mention. Whatever the revelation light exposes, it will also correct. And everything that reveals truth is light to my soul. This is why the scripture says, going back to Isaiah 61 from last week, this is why the scripture says, Arise, you sleeper, rise up from your coffin, and the anointed one will shine his light in you. Verse 13, whatever the revelation light exposes, it will also correct. And everything that reveals truth is light to your soul. Middle of last week, my nephew was talking about going to the pool. He's like, Uncle John, I'm going to the pool tomorrow. Uncle John, I'm going to the pool tomorrow. And I said, well, man, joking around, I said, man, I was going to get you to help me. He said, well, what are you going to do? I said, we're going to bail some hay. He was like, hmm. So I don't think about it. Thursday, I'm going to get some string and some wrap for the bailer. I'm driving down the road, and my phone rings. 
And my sister-in-law says, uh, Caston wants to talk to you. And he said, Uncle John, what time are we going to go to work? And I said, are we going to work? He said, well, yeah, you told me we had work to do today. I said, well, I thought you were going to the swim pool. And he says, no. He said, I'm, I'm going to hold off on going to the swim pool. I'm going to help you. And I said, look, buddy, you have time. Now, this, this, this story is, is, is it's, it might sound cute. It might sound childish. But listen, this is, this is exactly the way it works with God. Because we say, well, God, I wanted to do these things. And if, if, if we would have just listened and we would just been led, you know, we would have been positioned correctly. You know, we, we are our biggest enemies. That's why this, this is why this keeps coming up in the Bible. It's not that it's out of love that these guys wrote these books and they continue to give us guidance. So I'm like, look, buddy, you can, you can do both. I said, look, I've got to go and get the string and all that. I, it's going to be a couple hours before we even get started. He said, uh, he says, okay. He said, okay, okay. He said, um, he said, I'll see. And he said, oh, for you hang up. Goosey wants to talk to you. And then, okay. So we got off the phone. And about an hour and a half later, I show up. He's standing in the yard waiting. And I said, buddy, I thought you were going to go to the pool. And he says, well, I, I decided I could always go tomorrow. You know, so we hook the baler up, we bail some hay, and we have an issue with the baler. And I said, the guy's going to come back in the morning. You know, he says, well, you know what? I'll go to the pool tomorrow. See, he's learning, learning the process. And I said, yeah, that'd be good, man. I said, because the guy ain't going to come till 1030. And I said, after that, we'll have to run it. We'll have to do all these things. Well, you know what? The next day he goes to the pool. And we get everything fixed. And he's standing there waiting in his swimming trucks because I'm hooking the other baler up and we're getting ready to go bail the round bells. So he jumps on the tractor and we, we start bailing. And it's about a couple hours for lunchtime and he finally looks at me and he says, are you going to eat lunch soon? And I said, yeah. I'm, I said, well, I'm about to go get something to eat right now. It's like 1.30. He said, well, good, I'm going to put my work clothes on. He said, I want to get out of my swimming trunks. And what I'm saying is this morning is God positions each and every one of us in our life. So we'll be aware of timing. So we'll be aware of what he wants for each and every one of his children. You know, there's going to be moments when we're not going to understand. There's, there's, if, if we are living for God and we don't get Isaiah 55 this morning, then there's an issue in our relationship. Because we don't appreciate what he does for his children. I'm just going to be honest with you. If we're living for God and we don't understand Romans, the seventh chapter this morning, there's an issue in our relationship. Because the, the enemy is an unwelcome intruder. Let's just be honest. And he's good at what he does. If not, you're sitting here this morning or you're listening this morning and you're deceived right now. You know. And there's an issue with timing and position. And God places each and every one of us in our life. And before we close real quick, we're going to go to Acts, the ninth and the 10th chapter this morning, because my father did Cornelius last week, and that is the best example of positioning probably is in the whole Bible. Because literally, Peter, Peter does not even get it at first, but he's there. And see, what I'm saying is, it doesn't matter if we're six years old and we want to help. That is created within us, if we're raised correctly. And see... Even though the concept of light and dark is elementary, we still need to be aware of it. 
Because it's really not elementary. If we don't get Romans, if we don't get Isaiah, if we don't pay attention and if we're not guided. Because if we're not guided and the Spirit is not in this, then we don't understand illumination. And we're not even in the right place where God wants us this morning. So it's not really that small of a concept. We were bailing that afternoon, and the bell monitor goes off. And then when it's at 20% from done, and then when it goes off, it beeps again, and you, and, and you have to give it like 20 seconds for it to wrap the hay. And then it'll beep again. You'll hear the knives cut it, and you open the back, and it drops the bell out the back. So he's like, well, Uncle John, you drive. I'm going to open the back up and let the hay roll out. And I said, all right. You know, so we do probably 20-some bells. There's no telling. He probably bailed 100 and some bells for me. You know, but see, it was that, it was that one time when you... And I've done the same thing myself. And when I asked the guy when he delivered it, I said, so what happens if you pull that lever and it's not wrapped? And he laughed and he said, you're going to make a mess. You daggone right, you will. And so we're driving, and just that split second, he saw that full bell come up on that monitor, and he saw that beep. Well, he didn't think about the sections of beeps, so he pulls the lever. And it opens it about a quarter of a way. That bad boy is still back there spinning, going crazy, trying to wrap, you know, coming apart, you know, doing 5,000 things in a matter of a couple seconds, you know. So I do like that to shut it back. Well, let's be honest, it's way too late, right? You know, so I go ahead and open it up and let it roll out and blow everywhere. You know, and then, so the alarm starts going off and he's like, oh, no, 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 no. You know what I mean? It's going crazy. It was like something that ain't supposed to happen is apparently happening. There ain't nothing you can do about it because that thing weighs about 800 pounds and it's going nuts inside that container back there. You know, what are you going to do? You're just going to look at the screen. It's like, oh, what button do I push to fix this? No, it's not possible. It's about to make a giant mess and just pray it can be fixed. But you know what? The fact of the matter is it can be fixed. There is a solution. Why? Because this will happen. And I told him, I said, buddy, it's going to be fine. You know how I know how to fix it? Because it, I did the exact same thing. Because we get busy. We don't pay attention. We hear that beep. We don't listen. The, we don't wait the 10 or 15 seconds for it to wrap it. We pull that lever. But you know what? You'll never be mindful or if we never pay attention to see this is the mercy of God and how he leads us and positions us. You know, we'll never be mindful and we'll never pay attention if God doesn't show us. See, you know what you did right there? You know what happened? You know, so for the rest of that afternoon, we built hay, and we saw this weird mound of something out there in the field. And every time we rode back and forth, every time we rode back and forth, you know what that was? That was a reminder. But you see, God places them in our life. God's put people in our, in our life. And the reason he does that for is because he loves us. You know, he could just leave us alone. He used to be like, well, you know what? Since you really wouldn't listen and you really loved the way that apple was since you just couldn't leave it alone that's fine just just go on and have it no what paul tells us this morning is there's an issue and god is aware of it that's why discernment is required that's why that's why the father tends the vineyard that's why he walks around and inspects the vine that's why he is evident in our life we need to allow him to position us this morning in closing i want to go to the end of acts the ninth chapter we understand acts the tenth chapter because peter receives a vision Three times. God worked with Peter a lot of things in three times. He denied him three times too, right? You know what he also did? Peter, do you love me? 
Yes, Lord, I love you. Well, good, I'm glad you're aggravated because you know what this is going to cost you? This is going to cost you your life. He asked him three times. <clears throat> he gives him a vision three times of that sheet that's rolling down from heaven. Well, if we never read where Luke is carrying us in Acts the 10th chapter, if we're never aware of, of where Luke wants us, where Luke finishes Acts the ninth chapter at this morning, then we're never really going to get Acts the 10th chapter. Yes, God gives them a vision. All these animals are unclean. Peter, I'm telling you, the Gentiles are going to be included. Get down with it. You know, this is the way it is. Salvation is for everyone. We are recreated. We're all part of God's family. Paul's got a lot of awesome verses to explain this to you. But see, in Acts the ninth chapter, it starts out with Paul and his Damascus road experience. You know, the one who once persecuted, persecuted the Jews, persecuted the Christians, now he's going to meet Jesus. He's going to be blinded. They're going to send a man Ananias to open his eyes to give him a new direction. Well, if we go all the way back down to 932, we find out that this just, is, this just isn't about Paul this morning. Peter's working also. Peter start, he healed the paralyzed man. He raised a woman from the dead. So really, Paul receives salvation, but Peter is doing some amazing things as he is traveling around. One of the translations is, is that he's just walking. He's just traveling. He's ministering. Well, if we understand if he's just walking and traveling, what is he doing? He's being led, right? He's being led correctly this morning. Peter is ministering. Healing a paralyzed man, raises a lady from the dead. But you know what else Luke is telling us this morning? Luke is telling us that he is bearing fruit. Because obviously he's in with God's perfect will because the Spirit is leading him in, and, and he's doing awesome things in the name of Jesus, right? I don't think we would argue if you read that. But it's very important, not that the beginning of nine isn't important because we know that God has got a calling on, on Saul's life, that he's also going to have another name later on, Paul. But let's go to 942 and 43 this morning in closing. And I want us to be aware of this. Luke writes, the news spread all over the city of Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Peter's doing amazing things, being guided correctly, producing fruit. However, it says, Peter remained in Joppa for several more days as a guest at the house of Simon the Tanner. So, Luke ends 9, going into 10, by where God has positioned Peter. In that specific moment. See, if we get the sheet coming down with all the unclean animals on it, then, and we understand the customs of the Jews, then we understand Peter's major issue with all this. Lord, you know I've never eaten anything. Lord, you, you know I wouldn't do that. I want to go against my own beliefs. And God said, Peter, you don't get it, but I have considered clean. I want you to understand this. Well, what Luke wants us to understand is, it's while Peter was ministering, he was following and he was obedient to the Spirit where the Lord was calling him. The Lord was blessing his ministry. There's no argument of that. Raises the dead. I mean, he's doing some pretty amazing things. He's doing the things that, that Jesus did when he walked onto earth. And it leads him into a house of a man that is unclean. There's literally... Animals hanging everywhere. He's a tanner. That's what he does for a living. Now, Peter has an objection 
when Jesus rolls the sheet down, but what Peter has not realized at that specific moment is, is where exactly is he staying? He's just realizing that, you know what? The Lord is working, and the Lord has positioned me here. Well, you know what? The Lord has positioned him here so that he will get Acts the 10th chapter. The Lord has put him in that position so he will be able to hear from him. Now, Peter has heard fine Follow the direction of the Spirit, but there was another. There was there was another step in Peter's ministry that the Lord really wanted him to get, so he could use him effectively. He has been very effective so far, and nobody can argue that. But but what but what the Lord said, I want you to understand this, because now everybody is going to be included. Believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. I think it's it's awesome that Paul. Is, is, is gaining his salvation in that point. And then Peter is realizing something that Paul is going to be awesome and in, instrumental in spreading the gospel to the Gentiles in that same, in, 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 in Acts 9. But what I'm saying this morning, without even thinking about it, Peter is ministering, doing the works of the Lord. He ends up at Simon the Tanner's house, which is ritually unclean, but he's fine with it. Because that's where God's put him. But you know what? Well, God has put him there for one specific reason. Because he's getting ready to show him the next stage of his ministry. He's getting ready to show him something that's very important that he needs to understand so he can move forward. And the point is this morning is that, you know, if we're mindful to the illumination. That's why Paul writes about the, the importance of the destiny he has for each and every one of us. That's why the light, the darkness comes up. That's why living out a difference, our walk in Christ, that's why there should be a difference in the way we live. Why? Because many times when we begin to work for God, it should be our first nature. That's the way we should address it, regardless of whether it work. Whatever we're doing, you know, our main priority is to serve Christ. And that is why right there. Because unbeknowingly, the Spirit is moving, the Lord is working, Peter is just obedient and following where Jesus is caring. And look what happens. He hears the voice of the Lord. And what I'm saying this morning is when we pray, yes, sometimes we pray in faith. Sometimes we have to wait. Sometimes we have to understand the Father's will. But sometimes we need to ask for the right thing because we may be asking amiss. Because what I'm saying is this morning, if we understand who our Father is, He has our best intention in mind. He loves each and every one of us. He has planned each and every one of us. And what I'm saying is sometimes if we're not allowing him to put us in position, sometimes he has to get our attention so that we'll be aware of it. Why? Because he loves us. All this is done out of love. We, we, we read this and we can see how this will benefit us. All the way from Adam and Eve, all the way to Peter, who, whoever you want to use for an example this morning. And when we look at the concept of illumination, and we say, yeah, good and bad, light and darkness. Yeah. The very beginning is, is severely elementary, I, and I, I understand. But when we look at the issues that we have in our lives, those are the same issues there. So if the things that we consider elementary keep coming up, coming up, coming up, and we say, oh, we're just going to be led by the Spirit, you know, that's the easy solution. There, there's something... That is happening that is, yeah, free will. And free will has been a problem ever since day one, right? Because we know what to do. We go all the way back to Romans again. It's a recurring cycle. 
Why did Paul say it's agonizing for? Because God, I really love you. I really do. You know I do. But there is this unwelcomed intruder that I just can't seem to get rid of. You know, so when we, when we address the issues of illumination and the reality of light, you know, that's why the spirit and discernment just keep coming up, coming up, coming up. Because God has never intended for his humanity to walk alone. You're not going to find that. Even in the very beginning, he came down and walked with his creation. Jesus tells his disciples, I'm going to leave with you a comforter, a teacher, a helper, to bring all these things back to your remembrance. And he has given that, his spirit, he has given his spirit this morning so each and every one of us could succeed because he has plans for each and every one of us. Because he loves us and he wants us to be aware, positioned, and experience joy. Isaiah this morning. Sorry, I told you I was going to close with Isaiah. I don't want to tell you any stories. Because this is an awesome verse. Isaiah 55, 12 through 13. You will indeed go out with joy and be peacefully guided. You will be led forth in peace. Another translation. The mountains and the hills will break into singing before you. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush, a cypress will come up. And instead of the briar, a myrtle will come up. And it will make a name for Yahweh as an everlasting sign that will not be destroyed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word and we thank you for the purpose you have for each and every one of us this morning. God, we pray for guidance. We pray for direction. We pray for illumination in our lives. Why? So we can, we, we can fulfill the plan that you have for each and every one of us. That plan that you had ahead of time because you love us and you want us to be aware of you in our lives. You want to extend that relationship. So Father, I pray this morning and I ask that we be aware, that we be positioned, that we, we, we might not fully always understand, but that when we pray, we pray for your will because that's exactly what your son did as our example. Not my will, but thine, O oh Lord. That we ask correctly. We ask, we ask knowing that you have a purpose for each and every one of us this morning. We ask knowing that you love each and every one of us this morning. You know what? Some, sometimes we... We might go in the wrong direction, but if we do, that you will guide us and bring us back. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. We ask all these things in your son's perfect name. Amen. Thanks for worshiping with us this week. We believe his words will establish that confidence within you and direct you for his predestined purpose for your life. See you next week, and don't forget to download our app so you can stay connected with us.